That somebody, whether it was mom or dad, grandma, grandpa, neighbor, stranger, whoever it was, was bold enough to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with us so that faith would come here through hearing of the Word of God. And Father, we ask that you be with us as we look at what you command us to do, and, and Lord, as we see how to do it, that we would be effective witnesses, not just for Neighbor's Day but in our everyday life. That we would have a concern and a passion for the kingdom as you yourself taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so be with us this day, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Evangelism 101. What is evangelism? What's the definition we got there? Somebody read it out to me. Teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. Teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. I think that's key. Persuade is the thing there. Telling people about Jesus is one thing. Telling them in a way as to persuade them, not to see them, persuade them to believe the truth is totally different. Totally different. That definition, by the way, I got from Nine Marks, which Mark Devers... um, so teaching the gospel. What is the gospel? Oh, I knew everybody was going to give me their Sunday school answer. Right? Yes. Gospel, the word ungelion, means good news. Right? By definition. But we actually have a definition of the gospel in the word of God. God's word, God knows better than us. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this. This is the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Paul received the gospel on the road to Damascus. The Lord Jesus Christ met him. He says, this is what I tell you. This is what is of first importance. Here is the gospel. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. And that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Right? The good news is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. According to Scripture. According to the plan of God before the foundations of the earth. Then the next question we have is, why is evangelism important? Why is it so important? You know, you know who are really good evangelists? Jehovah's Witnesses. Right? They, they literally take serious the idea of being Jehovah's Witness to the world. Do you know that the Jehovah's Witnesses have a map of the world and they actually have it in a grid pattern and they have, we're going to take this grid, we're going to go here, here, and there. That's why they'll make their circles around your house, you know? Of course, when the pandemic came around, their passion fell off. They're, they're back at it, so get ready. They're going to be coming to your house soon. But are you going to know how to answer them? Are you going to know how to answer them? That's going to be a question too. But why is 
evangelism so utterly important. And it is so utterly lacking in the church, to be honest. The true gospel, that Christ died for our sins and according to the Scripture, was buried and raised again on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Evangelism is important is, first of all, God demands that everybody repent. God's, God demands that everybody repent. Look at what it says in the Scriptures in Acts 17.30. But now He, God, commands all people everywhere to repent. Everybody is called to repentance. Nobody is going to escape the call of God to repentance. They're going to be called to account whether they know God is calling them to repent or not. All they have to do, Scripture tells us, is look at nature. It's enough. That is more than enough. It's important. It's important. Evangelism is important because repentance comes through hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen any other way. Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe on in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. It's important because if the gospel is never verbally shared, people will not come to faith. It's important because we are commanded to evangelize. Notice everybody... Go ahead. Oh, I thought you raised your hand. Oh. Um, does everybody have the gift of evangelism? Is everybody called to be an evangelist? No. 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 Absolutely not. Billy Graham? Definitely. Right? That's his gifting. Others have that gifting. You and I probably don't. Not in terms of that's our life calling. But we are called to be faithful witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ in conduct, in speech, and in sharing the good news. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this in 2 Corinthians 5. All this, talking about all that we have is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is uniting people in God. Restoring a relationship. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's not Paul just saying to the apostle. The apostle goes, this is to the church in Corinth. This is our job as a church. The ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody knows what an ambassador is, right? What's an ambassador? A A representative, right? We have ambassadors in our world that are useless. UN is full of them. That's my political speech for today. Um, But as ambassadors, representatives of Jesus Christ, it's an important job. Every one of us is called to that. Not a single one of us is exempt from that if we claim Christ 
as our Lord. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And there's the aim to persuade. Now, we are all called to evangelize. Does that mean I need to go out right now, tomorrow, as soon as I leave this place, run and tell everybody I meet about Jesus? No, not necessarily. As God brings opportunity, as God puts it upon your heart, you do it. Some are called, some feel the need to go and to stand on a street corner and preach the gospel. Can be effective. Paul went into places and he built a rapport and a relationship and shared the gospel. I'm going to tell you, I think that is the best way to do it first. It might be a total stranger say something and you can comment and who knows what, what's going to happen. But what I, I'm not saying is we need to run up to everybody. You better be safe. Well, that's an evangelist job. Our job is to be a faithful witness here and now. And to also share the gospel. Evangelism is, we need to understand and know, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's not us. It's not me. It's not you. Yes, am I being obedient in sharing the Word of God? But understand, we know that that comes from the Holy Spirit. And as God's Word goes forth, the Holy Spirit does His job, and God transforms hearts through the moving of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That should be such a relief for us. Because if I was to have to convince people to become Christians, that, that you know, I could lay out a very logical argument about the existence of God and the holiness of God. And, and I have with people and laid it out and says, well, doesn't it just make sense then? And we could logically lay out a case and it be devoid of all power. So it's not that I want to logically... Though there's logic involved in it. God is the most logical being there is. But I want to persuade men to believe. First step in the Holy Spirit is I actually have to believe what I'm saying. I have to be passionate about it. Right? If you or me the salesperson, and you understand what I'm saying, and they're like, oh, this product's just okay. Move on to the next guy, right? Because you don't really believe in your... I, I, Lately at night, I've been watching Shark Tank, right? And all the reruns, right? And, and, and a lot of things I say is, well, you really believe in your product. Well, of course, right? Do we believe in the gospel of Jesus? Do we believe, as of first importance, that Christ died in accordance with the Scripture, was raised again on the third day for the justification of sins? Do I honestly believe that? That'll come out in the way we communicate do I believe honestly that the only way that people come to faith or the only way that people can go to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ? As uh, uh, Paul said, for there is no other name given amongst men by which you may be saved. That's actually Peter, I'm sorry. That's Acts 4.12. Do we believe it? And when we go out in that truth of it, it is the Holy Spirit who goes. God says to the, Jesus said to the people in Pentecost, and it wasn't just the apostles. There was over 150 people in the room. 
It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's the power of the Holy Spirit which will transform lives. Evangelism must be personal, as I just said. Paul says, For I deliver to you what I receive as of first importance. This is real to me. This is... Mr. Oach, probably a year ago, preached a sermon about, I really believe this. I think it was the title. Is that correct? I really... It was in passion. It was real. It was heartfelt. Because it was real. It comes across. And I'm not saying that to lift up, but do we really believe? I mean, would you really be coming here if you thought any of your pastors didn't really believe what we were saying? There's far better orators and far better people that you can go sit under than, uh, uh, than us. But you're here because it's real. Jesus healed a demoniac. We were talking about this Wednesday night in Bible study. And he cast out over 2,000 demons into the herd of pigs and all that. And so this guy was transformed. Amazing transformation. This guy was in the tombs. If they put a chain on him, he would wrench the chains and he would scream and howl and cut himself. And this guy was just like everything you want to want to avoid in anybody. And Jesus speaks a word to him. And the man is healed and he is in his right mind. And so when Jesus is going to leave the area of the Gadarenes, this guy says, hey, I want to come. Can I come with... Oh, who wouldn't want to go with Jesus if he'd done that for you? Of course. It's a, it's a lot... You know, that would be what I would do. But listen to what Jesus says in Mark 5.19. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends... And tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Oh, Jesus cast out demons and He put me in my right mind. That's half the story. That's the part we know was said. But listen to what else was said. And Jesus says, And how He has had mercy on you. Mercy what? Because He was oppressed by 2,000 demons? Sure. Mercy, what else? Because he was in his sin, separated from God. And Christ came to bridge the gap between God and man. That's the mercy of God. It was personal. And then if you read the stories, a few weeks later, a month later or so, Jesus goes back to the same area. And a whole bunch of people are there waiting to hear from Jesus. They told him first, hey, get leave. Get out. We don't want you around here, Jesus. We can't handle you. We can't process you. This guy stays against the odds, evangelizes, and many come to faith. One guy. It was personal to him. He realized who he was and who God was. Evangelism must be. I keep saying there's a bunch of must, but there's a lot of must here. Must be grounded in a desire for God to be glorified. If you don't care about the glory of God, evangelism will mean nothing. If you don't care about the glory of God, 
coming to church, being attentive, and desiring to learn, and edifying the saints, and building one another up, and all the things of Christianity will mean nothing to you. It'll be a box you check. But if you care about glorifying God, that God will be given His proper space, you care about evangelism and everything else that comes within the Christian life. The Bible tells us this in 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. That's the glorification of God. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks, for a reason for the hope that is in you, always ready. Always ready. To make anybody ask you, what, why are you so different? What makes you different? Why are you so happy when the world sucks so bad? Pardon my French. Why? Oh, here's why. What an opportunity for the gospel. But he says, do this with gentleness and respect. Evangelism must also be rooted in prayer. Rooted in prayer. Jesus speaking to His disciples, and then He said to His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray half-heartedly, earnestly. Why earnestly? People's souls are at stake. People's eternal destinies are at stake. The point of death, there's no return. Your choice is heaven or hell. But that's determined on this side of the grave. People's souls are at stake. earnestly that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. And into that I would say, yes, Lord, send laborers. But we should also, I believe, add the qualifier, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. I mean, you are the only person who deals with the people you regularly deal with. Right? You know your pharmacist, you know your doctor, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're that person. So it almost seems kind of foolish to pray for somebody else to come in into when God has placed you right there. It also must be rooted in prayer because the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. If God commands people to repent and desires that they repent, would it not make sense, therefore, to pray that God's desire be fulfilled. First John 5.14 And this is the confidence that we have towards Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now, does that mean I'm going to pray for Aunt Sally? And I'm going to witness Aunt Sally? She's definitely coming to faith. No. 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 But, 
because I'm not sure because God, salvation is of the Lord. He saves who He wants to. And, and, and this is a great, great time to, you know what? Yes, we believe in the sovereign doctrine of election. So then why evangelize? Well, because faith comes through here. Because God has His chosen people, and when they hear the Word of God, they come to faith. But don't ever think that, boy, because God chooses. I don't have, no. Put that on the shelf. Election belongs to the Lord. Evangelism belongs to us. We are the ones who are to go out to and be faithful. And let God do His choosing, because God's not wrong in it. God's always right in it. And who he chooses, if he doesn't choose Aunt Sally, he doesn't lose a chance to let. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, God's just not choosing Aunt Sally, so I'm just going to stop witnessing to her. No. Keep praying. Keep going. Persevere. Persevere to the very end. And you know what? When you get to heaven, you're not going to know if they're there or not anyways, I believe, because who cares? There's Jesus. They're saying, oh, let me go hang out with Aunt Sally. No, no, there's Jesus. Hey, Jesus. No, Jesus. It'd be great if we know each other there, but I think you understand what I'm saying. What must be included in church? Anybody got any questions at this point, by the way? I know we got somewhat limited time, so. What must be included in sharing the gospel? I'm utterly convinced that the idea of the gospel in the American church is so far watered down that there is no gospel. It's feel good. Yes, DJ. That we are all sinners. What? That we are all sinners. She's answering your yes. question. Yes. Oh. Yes. Now, what should be okay. What should be included in the gospel? Well, that's a question I'm stating. I'm about to give you the answer. You could see it right there in your notes. It better be included that God is holy. What do we mean by holy? We need to understand what it means to be holy. He is holy other. He is nothing in any way like us. We are created in His image. We share some things. Cognitive, I can think, I can create, and all these. And not create like God creates. But even in that similarity, the distance is so far that it's just, it's incalculable. God is holy. Mm. Holy. You want to read a book that will transform your life, the Bible, yes, but I would encourage you to read a book or watch the video series by Dr. R.C. Sproul, The Holiness of God. You want to understand the holiness of God? That would be my go-to to understand. God created the world. Hmm. It makes no sense to believe that there's somebody who are in this world that I should confess to and repent to. I don't believe He also created the world. God created the world. Sin entered the world. Sin has entered the world. How did it first enter? Through Adam, whose transgression was not like others because his was the first. But because of Adam's sin, you and I sin. As in Adam, so also all have sinned, Romans tells us. Sin is in the world. What is sin? A falling short of God's holiness, of God's standards. 
All people have sinned. And here's the one that I believe in American evangelicalism, if that's you should even call it that anymore, is this one is often missing. That God is just. God is just. God is holy. God has a penalty for falling short of His holiness. The penalty is death, whether I like it or not. He's holy. He's God. He's the Creator. He makes the standards. Not me. Not you. The world doesn't like the idea that God is just. Most of the American church doesn't believe that God is just. Oh no, they go right to the next one. God is loving. Oh yes, He is. But God is just. And penalties will be paid for sin. That's crucial. What's the very first word that Jesus said when He began His ministry of preaching? Repent. (laughs) Repent. That means there's something wrong. And it's not on God's end, on our end. What's the very first word that John the Baptist used? Repent. Right? Repent. Something's out of kilter here. And it's us as human beings. It's never, ever going to be God. Ever. So God is just. Sin will be dealt with. Sin will be satisfied in the justice of God for the unrepentant in hell. Bottom line. God is loving. God is loving. God is love. The Bible says that's His nature. God is love. He loves His creation even though His creation has rebelled against Him. Some of us have children who have rebelled and walked away. Do we hate our kids? No, we love our kids. I hope we do. If you hate your kids, there's something wrong. We love our kids. Our hearts are broken for our kids. We want our kids to come back. We want our kids to experience all the fullness of God. That's how God is with us. You're my creation. You're my children. You know, God says, I knit you together. I put your DNA in place. I gave you brown eyes. I gave you black hair that you turned to whatever color that is. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) God's not mad. Don't worry. I did you together. I did this. People don't understand how intimately involved in their lives God actually is. God is allowing you and I right now That is an act of God. That's an act of God's mercy. Yeah, He sends the the, the sun and the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, but do you know what else He does for the unrighteous and the righteous? He lets them breathe. That's an act of God. God really loves you. Because if He didn't, He would not never made you. And that's New Jersey way to say He wouldn't have never made you. Because God is just... And because God is loving, God has made a way for justice to be satisfied. And it's not by you and I being a good boy or girl. 
Not going to happen. You and I can't be good. Mm. We may be able to do some good things, and we may be good for a while. We might get a month or two out of being good and you know, and, and improving things in life, and then but what? And fall right back down. God has made a way for justice to be satisfied, the justice of God, the demands of holiness to be met. How has He made that way? Through His Son, Jesus Christ. Another element of evangelism is that God is calling you to repent with the aim to persuade. God is calling you right now to repent. Right now. Give an answer for your soul. What will you choose? God is calling you to repent right now. And finally, the ninth element, at least as the way I see it, and I understand you could put these things together and that God will bring you to heaven one day. The whole point of conversion is to be in heaven one day. It has to be there. Because if I was to say, if I would repent and believe in Jesus and still have troubles and hardships in life and never have a hope of, of a perfect place to live and being without sin and, and in a perfect environment, my own body now being perfect and being like Him, what would be the point? I will take eat, drink, and live and be debaucherous because tomorrow I die. <laughs> I would take that because it's far more fun. Right? But God says I have the best life possible for you. It's in heaven. You need to persuade people of this with an aim to persuade. So what are some ways in which we can practically evangelize? If you've never evangelized, you never went and shared the gospel with somebody, or you've kind of approached and you weren't sure, and you, went, ah, and you felt like you were stumbling all over your words, listen, it's the work of the Spirit. If you go in true faith, God's going to do what He's going to do. You mess up Scripture, you mess up words, whether you're falling all over yourself, guess what? The power is in the Word of God which does not come back void. Amen. Don't think I have to have all my ducks in a row and I've got to be perfect in my delivery. Nope. You ought to strive to be. You want to be as accurate and articulate as possible. Yes, absolutely. But in the moment, you start going, oh, oh and you get... You have no idea how times I'm up there and I'm, I know i got notes in front of me and I'm like, how did I get over... You know, well, let me, you know... Hopefully I hide it well enough that you'd realize that I wasn't so... Uh, I probably don't. I probably don't. But you understand what I'm saying. I keep those church cards whenever I'm on a lift ride... Sometimes I get uh, saved lift drivers and I just give one of the church cards out and invite them to service. That's awesome. That's a simple way to get somebody to begin the process. We're talking about bringing the process right to the end. One of the ways to advance, a very famous way, how many of you heard of the Romans Road? Yeah. Yeah. Right? The Romans Road, right? All those elements that we listed before. Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. At just the right time, Romans 5.8, Christ died for the ungodly. Or while we were still in our sins, Christ died for us. Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. Hearing is by the word of God. They come to faith, they repent. 
Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Very simple, very true, very accurate way to evangelize. Another simple way, I think I got it in my pocket, that people have used, which by the way is a method that John MacArthur uses, so therefore it has to be good, (laughs) is the the wordless book. Let me see the wordless book, right? Child Evangelism Fellowship, you probably know, right? You get a little book. I printed this off the internet and it took me like 20 minutes to figure out how to fold it. (laughs) But it's just the idea that some have a, a, a color blue in it or whatever. Um, but green, we're in a garden. Things are perfect. It's just like heaven. Gold. Sin entered the world. Black. Right? Sin entered the world. But as you're doing this, it's a colorless book. It's a word picture. But you're telling them the truth of God's word. For all of sin. All, this and that. As in Adam, all sin. Those things you're telling them. What happened? Man was under the sentence of death. There was no way to be reconciled. The relationship with God was broken. How is it going to be repaired? It can't be repaired. Adam was never going to do anything good enough from this point on. He couldn't. You and I can't be a good boy or girl in and of ourselves. The relationship is completely broken. What's going to happen? Well, because God is just and because God loves us. God came in the form of Jesus Christ. Perfectly obeyed the Father. Never once sinned. Was sacrificed on the cross. Was raised again on the third day according to the Scriptures. So that the justice of God could be satisfied. For you and for me. If you believe and repent, your sins will be white as snow. And God promises that one day He will bring you to heaven. It's a very simple way. Very, you know, visuals attached to it. Say that again? Yeah, they do the little bracelets with the same thing. Those are just two ways. There's a whole lot of other ways to do this. Building relationships, I think, is foundational. Just getting to know people. How many of you know your neighbor's name? There's a mission field across the street. Does it mean you're going to run right over here and tell them they're a horrible sinner and they're going to die and go to hell? First of all, that's probably not the great way to start things. Right? But slowly, build relationships with people. Begin to speak into. The, the pharmacy down here, all-star pharmacy is my pharmacy. And I've gotten to know them well. I come in and we tell them, no, we'll hang out and we'll talk and stuff. And, 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 but I'm always building and calling. And, and I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's the way to go about it. If you ever, if you remember the late uh, D. James Kennedy... Yep. Had uh, evangelism explosion, explosion. Yep. right? First rule, first step: establish a relationship, establish a rapport, so that you have the right to be able to speak into people's lives, um, build relationships, 
Be the good neighbor. Bring cakes or whatever, you know. You see the old lady out there, the young whatever, they can't shovel the, shovel their snow if you're able. You know, don't, don't go out there and kill your back for it. But hire somebody. Get your kid out there to do it, whatever else. You know what I'm saying? Build relationships. Building relationships with your coworkers. Begin to speak truth for the hope that is within you. They might not have asked, but interject Christ into everything you can. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Great time to do it is during Christmas season, right? During Easter season. You know, know, oh, this and that. Talk about Christ. Build relationships. Ask questions. Ask people questions. Just, Just ask them questions about the Lord. Or what do you think about? What do you think about the state of affairs today? I don't, you don't know. They may be a flaming liberal and you're a hardcore conservative. You might not like their answer. You may be the liberal, hopefully not. They may be the conservative, you don't like their answer. If you ask a question, what's the state of affairs? What do you think about the world? Where do you think it's going? Well, I think, you know what? You're right. It's going downhill. You know what the only hope for our world is? Boom! There goes the gospel. Bring it in. Bring in Jesus Christ. Any questions? What not to do when you evangelize? The ice cream man's coming. <laughs> no, that means Sunday school's over. It's ten ten. Oh, she's putting, look at that. We were just going to call that the ring of shame. (laughs) You know what? I I appreciate Kathy's passion to teach the word and just keep going. So what not to do when you evangelize with somebody? Don't argue. Don't argue. Don't argue. 2 Timothy 2, 23-26 have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And trust me, you evangelize with people and, and, and they engage in... They're going to want to bring you anywhere but to make a decision about their sin before a holy God. Well, what about this? And what about... And they're going to want to lead you down. Do not buy into it. Don't let it happen. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. And if they start bringing down, don't say the Bible says have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. <laughs> that won't be a, a winner, right? <laughs> this is the kind of thing we say. You know what? Just keep it in your head. Keep it in your head. This is what Scripture says to do. <laughs> it says you know they lead, they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach. Patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Why? That God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. The aim is to share the good, uh, the, the, to share the good news with the aim to persuade, to argue and get in fights with people is not going to work. Don't get sidetracked. 
just said that, works to get it, Titus 3.9. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. But isn't God loving? Doesn't God love everybody? Doesn't God... Yes! Don't entertain things that are just pointless. Keep it to the Gospel. Bring them back in a gentle and and a right way. Yeah, but let's get back to this question. Let's get back to this. I said evangelism must be personal, but don't make it personal. If you share the gospel, you make your faith known or whatever, and somebody attacks you, don't make it personal. Mm. It's it's hard. It's hard, right? 1 Peter 2.23 But when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Hey, you obviously don't want to hear this. I didn't mean to offend you. The gospel is an offense though. Understand that. The truth is an offense. Will get people angry. It will tell people to get away from you. Just like they told Jesus, get out of here. We we can't, we're not going to process, we're not going to go here. The gospel itself is an offense, but we don't have to be offensive. Remember also what Jesus said that if you do encounter it, you probably will. Some of you probably already have, maybe even from your own families. No, sure. Fun of you, revile you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, way to be, you know. Oh, yeah, good job, Christian. Maybe even worse. Remember what Jesus says Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Evangelism is a work of God. It's something we have to do. It's empowered by God's Spirit. God promises that if we will be faithful... He'll do his part too. Can God save apart from you and I evangelizing? Yes, he'll just have somebody else come in. Mm. But why? Why? Makes no sense. What's the point? I didn't give you a bunch of scriptures. I didn't give you all you got to say this guy. I gave you the Romans road and this and that. But I want you as the church to get ready for neighbor's day or for your own neighbor. Think about Scripture and say, you know what, that's, that's a good Scripture. To meet people. With her. Suppose, you know, we're going to have a time, of, a place of prayer for people on Neighbor's Day. <laughs> people who are distraught, you know, worried about the... What scripture, what scripture would you use for somebody who just is feeling overwhelmed in life? He's near to the broken heart. Okay. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Right? What? 
For, what's that say? That's right. There you go. Another good one. Good. I'm looking for the big one. I've overcome the world. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest for your souls. All of those are good. But I want you to think, wow. You know what? What's God's word say about this? Somebody tells you, man, I'm really... They confide in you, and they, you know, and, and you know, and you, wow, what's what? What scriptures are you going to bring in there to say, you know, and to bring the gospel to them? Yeah. Any questions? You didn't get up. Hey, you, this is how you do it. Just do it. Just God will help you. But if you're not a, if you're not if you're not passionate about Christ, not passionate about His Word, not passionate about people. We'll leave today and nothing will happen. God is. God tells us to be. I believe God's going to give us an opportunity. Maybe the first starting point is just handing somebody a flyer. Handing your neighbor a flyer may be the starting point of building a relationship or them asking questions. Any questions? I don't want the alarm. I'm already going over. I don't want the alarm to go off. I think just one piece also would be First Timothy four sixteen about trying to hear testimony. Yeah. So it's not just how you present it, whatever, but you have to demonstrate. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. By doing so, you will not only save yourself but your hearers. That's right. That's true. We live, you know, we're. We're out there in front of our neighbors being jerky all the time. Yeah, that's right. right? You're in there being a jerk at the checkout because you're aggravated. I'll, again, I'll, real quick, I've told them a million times. I remember my old church walking into the bank and there's a big long line at the bank and I went, oh man. And in the front, little Miss Colleen Mesa, I love that lady. Good morning, Pastor Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> right? Anyways, God is going to present us an opportunity here. It may be just in the getting to know stage, inviting stage, the building relations stage. It may be for some of us who may go into conversation about, hey, boom, and a call to repent. Evangelism is not just inviting somebody to the church. It may be that you start something. Yes, I water, somebody else does something. You know, that is the process also. But we need to do it. Mm. This world is dying. Yes. Mm. This world is in desperate. This world, I am convinced, is, is nearer to the end than ever. Um, and God is calling out His people. And He's the great... You know, what's an amazing thing about God? Is he trusts people like you and me to do this job. Like, right? That doesn't even seem to make sense. But in God's economy, we're the best people for the job. All right, let's pray because we've got to go to service. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you allowed us to hear your word. Father, give us a passion, please, for people, for lost souls. Give us a passion to live, first of all, a holy life before you. Lord, we all got our flaws, and our family sees them more than anybody else. But help us, Lord God. To set apart you wholly in our hearts. That we would give an answer for the hope that was in us. And that we would see friends and families and neighbors have the same hope. That we could fellowship 
in the same church, sing the same songs, share meals together around the joy of the Lord. We ask it for the sake of the glory of your kingdom. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, thank you, everybody.